11 o'clock. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you here. As I said, live from the Stingray Studios in West Edmonton Mall. Appreciate you tuning in today. If you want to text us, one 401 is the line to do so. We'll talk fantasy hockey, fantasy football, talk shopping carts, chili, grilled cheese, anything goes. Whatever you guys want to talk about, we will talk about here on this show today. We will designate one segment to fantasy football as Marcus Grant from NFL Media will join us, one of the best guys in the biz. That'll come up at about 11.20. He'll be for the Canadian Brew House. The CBH, Brandon, you're heading out tonight to Sherwood Park as the Seahawks take on the Cowboys. That should be a good one. In theory, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's also what we thought about the Ravens-Bengals a couple uh, weeks back. Well, that didn't really come to fruition. That's what we thought about the games on Thanksgiving. They were all kind of duds. Um, but that's just Thursday Night Football for you. The good news is that regardless of the games and their quality, um, I always have a great time at the CBH. You and I had a dandy of a time on Monday. Um, enjoyed uh, a pizza, some some chocolate cake, a la mode, as we talked about on the Kevin Carey show today with Laddie. Uh, so, yeah, I'm always looking forward to it. So the drinks are cold. The food's great. The service is always top-notch. So I'm looking forward to a, a night out of the CBH in Sherwood Park tonight. And when you look at the fantasy storylines in this one, I mean, they're all over the place. Cowboys defense has been a group people go after. Do you want to put them out there with Geno Smith and Ty Lockett, DK Metcalf, Charbonnet, Jackson Smith, Najigba? No Kenny Walker. No Kenny uh, Walker. Geno Smith, apparently 100%, or at least uh, enough to not be on the injury report, which, as the Bengals showed us a couple weeks ago, doesn't really matter, I guess, whether or not they're on the report or not. So... Um, but yeah, the, the Cowboys offense has been dynamic. Uh, Brandon Cooks has really surged on the past few games. CeeDee Lamb is tremendous. Uh, Dak Prescott's put himself into the MVP conversation with his play over the course of the season. But the Seahawks are not a slouch of a team, despite what we saw last week against the Niners, where they looked like a slouch of a team. Um, and the Cowboys have not fared very well against better teams this year. Their two losses uh, coming against good teams the rest of the time. They've kind of just beat up on the bad ones, which you have to do. So don't uh, Cowboys fans, including our friend uh, Trent Wilhawk and other yeah. friend Gavin Taranek, uh, they don't need to apologize for it. But this is a good test for them to show if they are, in fact, for real, for real, or if they are uh, just, you know, a wild card team. Cowboys, Seahawks, 615. You can join Brando down at the Sherwood Park Canadian Brew House. I have a good time at all of them, but I had a really good time at that location because the Chargers were on and they won. And uh, their manager there is a Chargers fan. So we had some good times. Uh, Sean Brown came out. You should let him know. Maybe Brownie will come by pop, for you. Uh, pop some champagne on that uh, Monday night. It was the Jets. Oh, so, like, uh, what did I just say about the Cowboys? Don't apologize, especially if you're the Chargers. You should be celebrating every win. Might be your last. Well, it, no, no. <laughs> if it is, if it is their last, then hey, Marvin Harrison. What Maserati Marv? Maserati Marv. I mean, hey, if that if that's what it leads to, then so be it. We'll it take is, it. It is on record you saying that if the Chargers lose to the Patriots this week, you are taking a hiatus. I'm taking a break from that, uh, from your Chargers fandom. I don't want anyone to think that means I wouldn't be a Chargers fan anymore. I just, for my health, would stop watching you them for need, a little while. You just you need some space. What's the? Yeah. I, I never watch Friends, but it's like the, we're we're on a break. We were on a break. We were on a break. Well, and then so like that's you'll, if I, you, you can root if you and the Chargers are on a break, you can go and like 
maybe cheer for some other teams for a couple weeks. Uh, whether it's I know your fantasy teams are or at least one of them's in the dumpster, but uh, you can just root for some fantasy interest instead of an actual team on no. a week-to-week basis. Can't even do that. Oh. Both my teams suck. <laughs> uh, but distance makes the heart grow fonder, as they go. say. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If they lose to the Patriots, it'll be tough uh, for the Cowboys. I mean, Jake Ferguson, another guy people looking at as a fantasy option. I don't know if we said Tony Pollard. He had kind of an issue with getting into the end zone, but it seems like that's been figured out. And, of course, we also have the Oilers in action tonight, taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Connor McDavid, 12 points in his last three games. If you're playing daily fantasy sports, that seems like one you pay the price to get that guy. You stack the line and you hope the success continues against the Winnipeg Jets and Connor Hellebuck tonight. That gets going at six o'clock today on the station. Of course, we've got our show and we appreciate you tuning in today. But of course, the lowdown with low tide from noon to two and then from two to six, it is the Jason Greger show. So we basically have six hours of pregame content with some other things sprinkled in throughout the day. But, uh, we got a good text coming in here but yeah lots of Oilers talk coming up here no name on this one why is it every time I tune into 1440 you guys are talking NFL or fantasy sports no name on the text well we're a fantasy show so if you do tune in from 11 till noon you're going to get fantasy sports that's just the nature of the biz you're also going to get some heated debates about uh, where you leave your shopping cart what to put in your chili and grilled cheese and uh, miscellaneous other things. We like to keep it keep it light, keep it fresh here. But yeah, it is it is fantasy frenzy. So it uh, it does make sense that uh, the fantasy sports is the main topic, top of mind. And yeah. fantasy football, I think, is. I know we live in Canada, but I do think that fantasy football is probably still more popular than fantasy hockey. Which we do it, talk about. Which oh, of course we mix it in. We're uh, we're gonna have uh, an NHL guest on tomorrow, I believe. Pete Jensen will join us from NHL Fantasy Great guy. We NHL talked Network. Talk some hockey with Gavin yesterday, uh, our guest. So if uh, if fantasy sports aren't your thing, hey, maybe after listening to us, you want to uh, give it a try. Try something new. Could get you into it, but uh, I mean, we do we we mix in quite a bit of NFL. I think here on the station. Especially if if you're listening to the entirety of the day. But if you do just drop in at 11 o'clock, then yeah, it's fantasy sports. Low Tide today will have lots of Oilers talk for sure. Gregor will have John Liu from TSN Winnipeg. Uh, (laughs) Also, Robin Brownlee. We've got Deshaun Merriman. That's actually going to be some NFL talk as well. Colin Livingston, Mike Rupp from the NHL Network at 4. Speck at 5. Lots of Oilers pregame. David, that's the name. Thanks for letting us know. I won't tune in between 11 and noon. Okay, David. Well... Glad we had you for a little bit. If you ever feel like talking some fantasy sports, we'll be here. Looking back at some of his uh, past messages, he, he just really does not like football, apparently. he's uh, David is as Oilers as Oilers get, and he would prefer, uh, what, we're at 11 straight hours, tw- uh, 30, 13 straight hours of um, Oilers programming instead. We just can't do it. We, we can't do it. We do a lot of Oilers talk. <laughs> Some might say too much, but uh, we'll take a break for this hour. And we do, you know, when, when the Oilers are having success or struggling, you know, we, we like to dabble for five minutes or so, but then we go to the, the fantasy sports talk. We'll talk pretty much anything. It's just a little break from that. But, David, uh, tune back in at noon. Low Tide will have you covered. Uh, the text coming in here for fantasy football. We've got Brad saying, uh, well... He just wants to talk about the Broncos. I tell you, Brad was Brad. He signed his name Brad forever. And then all of a sudden the Broncos go on a five-game winning streak. 
And then the text come in as Bronco Brad. So, oh, how the turntables. You're going to be Brad in the system. And then when the Broncos lose and you keep chiming in as Bronco Brad, we'll add that to the system. But not until then. Brad and I going head to head this week. Huge game. Massive, actually. Who would have thought that? (laughs) If, If you told me I even had any reason to like actually tune into a Texans game by this stage of the season, I, I, straight up, I would have told you you're probably ludicrous. I had, I took, I bet the over on their wins for the season this year, but it was pretty low, so it's not exactly like uh, um, that's the surprising part. But yeah, they're they're in the playoff race in a huge game with the Broncos, of whom they have a tied record right now. So Bronco Brad and I going head to head on Sunday. Can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Smitty the Welder texting in. It is fancy frenzy one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty boys. Do you think I should bench Nuge and play Sam Reidhart, Kaprasov, or Zuccarello, or bench Kaprasov or Zuccarello and play Nuge? Also, Wallman versus the Hawks or Carlson versus the Bolts. From Smitty the Welder. Kaprasov, sorry. I I think if we start at the top here, uh, the the choice between Nuge, Reinhardt, Okay, well, I don't know why he included Sam Reinhart because he's not <laughs> the second best question, but between Nuge, Kaprizov, and Zuccarello, basically, it looks like um, probably two of them um, or bench coppers. Uh, yeah, so uh, a little bit of a confusing uh, format here, but basically it looks like between Nuge, Kaprizov, and Zuccarello. I've loved Ryan Nugent Hopkins' game in the last little bit. Uh, as the Oilers have turned it around, so has he, to probably little surprise. He is a staple on that lethal PP1 unit, so he's a, a strong... Um, likelihood to rack up points there. Kaprizov and the Wild have really underwhelmed this season. I mean, the Wild fired their coach uh, just like the Oilers did. The problem is, and theirs is more recent, but they haven't exactly turned the Jets on since. If you're looking like daily fantasy, and depending on the price, I haven't checked it out yet today, on like stacking Kaprizov and Zuccarello, I don't hate that. But on a daily, like just your fantasy lineup-wise... I think Nuge is probably the safer play at this point just because of the situation he's in. The Oilers are rolling uh, and that number one PP time with the best unit uh, historically last year, uh, kind of working back towards it right now. I, I think that's probably a pretty safe play. Love some Zuccarello, the pride of Norway, fellow Norwegian. I claim to be Norwegian. So I, I like the play there, and he's actually had a better better season statistically than Kaprizov. But, yeah, I, I like Nuge there. Uh, Fit says, Hey guys, Hyman's been a killer for me. Did he travel with the team? Yes. I believe he we did. got confirm confirmation that he did travel with the team. They're not going to throw him on that plane if he's too sick. So looks like that was a one game and done. He'll be back out there. But you, I, I think it's, it would be human nature to maybe throw, like have that in the back of your mind. How is he feeling? Maybe he's a little bit slower. Uh, we'll see. David says, you guys are too funny. Love it. Perhaps I'll listen to your show after all. Hey, Brandon, we got another one. We're slowly converting people. David, thank you. And we're going to mix in hockey talk for sure. Obviously, uh, tomorrow on the show, when we start things off, we'll recap, share our thoughts on the game. And then we will have Pete Jensen from the NHL Network talking to fantasy hockey. And it goes hand in hand, right? I mean, if you're having good fantasy numbers, for the most part, you're probably having a good season. And, you know, we talk on those things. Now, there was a part of the year where we were kind of like Evan Bouchard, he's having good you know, <laughs> good numbers, even if you don't like yeah, me well, so that, defensively. Yeah, some, there are certain advanced metrics that were saying that Evan Bouchard <laughs> was the best defenseman in the NHL, and those are the ty- I, I, I'm not anti-analytics. I think they have their place 100%, but anybody that watched a single Oilers game 
knows or did know that there is zero worlds in which Evan Bouchard was one of the top defensemen in the NHL. Point producer, 100%, power play quarterback. He is elite at it. But uh, the defending part of being a defenseman still eludes him on, I think, more occasions than not. And that's perfectly fine. You don't need six guys. um, You don't need six Hal Gills out there or six uh, Rod Langways. But, yeah, you know, Evan Bouchard needs to do a little bit better in that department. Uh, But as long as he's putting up points, I think Oilers will stand it. Yeah. There's going to be game. Hey, if he has a lapse defensively and the Oilers win 5-1 and he has three points, all good. Yeah. If he has uh, one point... And is the reason for a couple goals and yeah, they lose 3-1. Yeah, one, one power play assist and he's dash four on the yeah. night where they lose 4-1. to one. Then it's not cool. Different story. <laughs> Different story. Uh, Madden Leduc texting in says, hey, Ross scored when Rachel wanted a break. Maybe it'll work for the Chargers. I mean, I can only hope so. But if they lose to the Patriots, then they don't deserve to win anymore. Like, we don't even know what's going on with Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The Chargers should not lose to the Patriots. And if they do, I'm just I'm taking a step back. I'm like gonna go for walks on NFL Sundays or something. Go bowling or something. Have I love bowling? Head to the brew house. Let, let me know. I'll come bowl with you. They got TVs in there too, so I can still watch yeah, the games. I'll be like, turn that off. What a Sunday that would be, actually, man. We should look into that uh, here in the mall. But um, have the Patriots considered playing Malik Cunningham? He looked good in preseason. Well, like what could it be? So a worse, did Nathan Rourke, and he hasn't got off the practice squad. Could right? it be a worse option than Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi right now? Bailey Zappi looked a little bit better when he came in last week, but in the little bit we've seen him this season, far from stellar, far from elite. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like the offensive system's just not going to work. That being said, Hunter Henry probably scores a touchdown against the Chargers, finds it into the into the end zone to haunt his former team. Uh, imitation Tom says tight end kerfuffle Otten Everett or Ertz if he plays well Zach Ertz is being released by the Arizona Cardinals yes so basically probably just a case of a veteran wants a chance to go somewhere where he can win the Cardinals being a nice organization saying go be free and he'll probably sign with the Chiefs or maybe he goes back to Philly do they need more weapons Mm. probably not but maybe maybe the city of brotherly wasn't it is Dallas got it up for the season? I, ke- I keep getting mixed no, up between he came him back. and... Yeah, he's back, and Andrews has a chance to come back later in the year uh, as well. So That'd be that, massive. I was getting those two mixed up. But uh, to actually answer uh, Tom's question here, I've been long been a proponent of Kate Otten, um, but the Bucks' offense isn't uh, super... Uh, they give the ball to Rashad White, whether it's in the run game or the pass game, and then they still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So I like Gerald Everett here in that matchup against the Patriots. He's a, he's a good person for Herbert to rely on. He likes him as a target. Um, Josh Palmer, I think, might play this week, Connor. Has that been? I've tuned them out. Okay, I think Josh Palmer. But I haven't seen anything Josh Palmer about might it. play this week. Who knows? Maybe Herbert's getting a little frustrated with uh, the consistency from his boys, Keenan Allen and, and Austin Eckler. They've kind of let him down a little bit in the past couple weeks with some drops and fumbles. So uh, who knows? Maybe Everett might all of a sudden become like a top option. Uh, if he, I mean, if he wasn't already right for for Herbert and the Chargers, so I'll uh, I'll say Gerald Everett here. Josh Palmer, uh, I don't even see him on the injury report, so I don't think he's practicing. Uh, Keenan Allen did not practice yesterday. Quentin Johnston did not practice yesterday. Oh, he did practice, and actually Gerald Everett's on the injury report as well. But I like him. A long way to say he. He's very good after the catch, so I think he's a good way to go. Uh, Tiger says, at least have some dignity. I've been calling him Chubby Russ for a long time. 
Oh, chubby Russ, thick he Russ. He slimmed down this yeah, season, though. Probably why he's playing better. He's He's been very good this year. we got to give him his credit. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to our good friend Marcus Grant of NFL Media. We'll do that for the Canadian Brew House. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Hallie and Douglas here on Sports 1440. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wheelhawkbeefjerky.com. As we've said before, we're getting closer to that season. The holiday party's starting up. You're looking for some great, quick, easy gifts. Check out Wilhawk Beef Jerky. You show up at the staff Christmas party or with the family, you bring some beef jerky, everyone loves you, or you get them a gift card and that opens them up to whatever they might want to buy, beef jerky, sausage, pickled eggs, as Brandon likes to get, candy, dry rubs, barbecue sauce. Check it out, wilhawkbeefjerky.com, 1-833-401-1440 is the text line if you'd like to throw a question to our next guest because i noticed jim texted in saying love your fantasy show by listening to your conversations and replies i am eight and four and in the playoffs from jim now i don't know how much of that is us but i think it might be mostly our guests they're the they're the true experts we just try to uh to team up the best to give uh their knowledge out to the the masses here and uh, our next guy's uh, no exception here we've had him on several times always Great insight on everything NFL. One of the best. He's our Fantasy Wizard today, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip or two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. You can join Brando tonight out at the Sherwood Park location. We'll be qualifying three lucky winners. Also, someone will have a chance to go to the home opener of their choice in the 2024 season, Sherwood Park Canadian Brew House. We bring in Marcus Grant from NFL Media, Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life as well. You can give him a follow on Twitter or X at Marcus G. Marcus, uh, good morning. How are you doing today? Doing well, guys. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, let's start off with Thursday Night Football, Seahawks and Cowboys. Uh, in this one, uh, you obviously have your your obvious stars here, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb. Uh, but then there's other some, some other guys out there who might be a little bit of a question, maybe Tyler Lockett or uh, Jackson, Jackson Smith Najigba, other guys like that, Brandon Cook. So when you look at this game tonight, as far as the skill positions on offense, uh, who do you think are must-starts? Uh, the guys you mentioned, certainly, right? Dak Prescott is for sure a start. Tony Pollard, who's been playing well. C.D. Lamb, who's been on fire lately. Those are the for sure starts. I think on the Seattle side, it's a little bit more questionable. Now, look, take into account that there are six teams on a bye this week. So um, people may be forced into making decisions that they might not otherwise make. But I'm not really seeing a lot of clear starts on the Seattle side. Zach Charbonnet might be worth kind of a flex option because he gets volume. Um, you know, with, with no Kenneth Walker, it's pretty much going to be the, the Charbonnet show there. I understand if you feel like you have to start DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. I don't love either of those guys. Um, you know, even you know, Geno Smith has not been playing particularly well lately. Maybe you can squint really hard and make a case for Jackson Smith and Jigba just because uh, if there is a weakness in this Cowboys defense, and that's a very small one, uh, it's from it, it's from the slot. It's against slot receivers, so maybe you can can squint really hard for JSN. But I don't see a lot of options in Seattle that I would plug into my lineup and feel really confident about tonight. 
Now, on the other side of the ball, maybe not the uh, biggest thing when it comes to fantasy football, but that Cowboys defense uh, makes a lot of plays. They can get to the quarterback, and they score a lot of touchdowns, uh, one guy in particular. But would you consider them tonight starting against Seattle's offense? Yeah, I would. Um, Just because, like I said, last year, Geno Smith looked, looked great. This year, he has not looked nearly as good consistently. Uh, he's struggling with turnovers. Uh, they're struggling to protect the passer. So you know you've got the pass rush up front led by Micah Parsons. Then in the secondary, as you mentioned, Deron Bland has been the ultimate ball hawk with his five pick sixes this year. I think if you've got the Cowboys defense, you're pretty much riding with them each and every week. I don't. I, maybe there's some other defenses out there that you can make a case for as a streaming option, but... Look, at this point in the season, it doesn't necessarily make sense to carry two defenses. The Cowboys have been amazing. I think you just keep rolling with them. Uh, We've got this text coming in here from D.T. Riley. It's a little wordy, so I'll try to go slow with it. But he's got a receiver issue this week. He has Olave, Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, D. Douglas on his roster. He needs two starters. He also says he could pick up Jacoby Myers, uh, Dobbs, Samuel, or Downs on the waiver wire. So of those names I gave you, do any two stand out? Um, I think, look, if Chris Olave is, is playing and you know, he's been in the concussion protocol, he was limited in practice earlier in the week, if he's playing, I think you are for sure starting him. I think you can make a strong case for uh, Deontay Johnson as well. I think maybe uh, after uh, what happened last week, dropping a touchdown and then you know, getting caught sort of not paying attention on a fumble, I think he's a little bit extra motivated to maybe go out and play really well this week. So I think, you know, I think those are the two guys that I would jump in on immediately. I think, look, if Jacoby Myers is out there on your waiver wire, I think it's worth picking him up and stashing him. Um, but, you know, I don't know that I would look. I think this week the, the Raiders are actually on a bye, so he's not going to play anyway. But it's worth picking up and stashing uh, Jacoby Myers at this point just because he's a worthwhile option down the stretch. Marcus Grant joining us from NFL Media as well as Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life here on Sports 1440. Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas. Um, one player in particular, and I guess one team maybe, uh, the Cleveland Browns looking like they're going to be making another change at quarterback. Uh, Joe Flacco potentially starting on Sunday. Um, what are we thinking uh, in terms of their kind of top guys? Amari Cooper, uh, David Njoku, are they still viable starts? Uh, I know we kind of been tiptoeing around it uh, with DTR behind them, or is it just the Browns uh, running back Jerome Ford and nobody else at this point? I, I think you can start uh, Amari Cooper. Um, look, it, it Looks like Joe Flacco is going to be the starter this week. So you have a competent veteran under center. Now, I don't know how much they're going to ask him to throw and and how aggressive he's going to be pushing the ball downfield. But whoever the quarterback has been has funneled passes mostly to Amari Cooper. So I definitely would give him a shot. I wouldn't mind in deeper leagues uh, maybe starting Elijah Moore as a flex as well. Last year, Moore and Flacco were together with the Jets. And even though it wasn't a huge year, uh, for Elijah Moore, about a third of his receptions last season came when Joe Flacco was at quarterback. He did some of his best work there, so I think you can sort of make a case for it. The Rams secondary has been kind of up and down. It's a younger group. They've had some good weeks. They've had some bad weeks. Last couple of weeks, they have been kind of on the, the lesser side of things. So you can really make a case, like I said, in deeper leagues if you want to flex Elijah Moore there. But either way, I mean, you're, you're expecting lower numbers back because this offense is just not what we wanted it to be this year. Uh, and so, like, understand that the ceiling is kind of lower on pretty much all of the Brown skill position guys. 
Marcus Grant, our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Uh, last one for me for you, Marcus. We've had this text uh, come in a few times from different people and including the questions just in my own group of friends. He's up against an improving and better than we kind of the numbers say Broncos defense this week. But is CJ Stroud a quarterback at this point in the season that you're starting ahead of pretty well everybody else in the NFL? Or is uh, the names like Mahomes and Hurts, let's just say they're on your team as well. Are they still guys you're putting ahead of him on your, your fantasy depth chart? Uh, I'm definitely not putting him ahead of, of Jalen Hurts, even this week against the 49ers. Uh, you know, I, I think you can make an argument to put him ahead of Mahomes just because look, Mahomes has been steady, but you haven't gotten a lot of those big blow-up games that you're used to seeing from him because beyond Travis Kelsey, they haven't found a consistent receiving threat that can scare defenses. So I would make a case that you could put C.J. Stroud ahead of him. The way the Texans have been playing it's hard to get Stroud out of your lineup. I mean, he has been uh, over 300 passing yards in, in four straight games. He's had multiple touchdown passes in three of his last four games. He has been absolutely lights out. Uh, so, look, I, I think what's going to be should be an interesting game. You mentioned the Broncos, a much better defense now than the group that gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins earlier in the season. But I think it can end up being a back-and-forth contest. And at this point, I just haven't seen enough from Stroud to make a, a credible case to put him on a bench. Marcus Grant joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. one 401 if you've got any... 401-1440. If you've got any questions, Chewy asks this. Uh, another receiver question. Hey, guys, start one, sit two. Amari Cooper, Curtis Samuel, or Romeo Dobbs? Uh, I think of that group, the guy you're probably sitting is Curtis Samuel. Um, mostly because it's hard to figure out where Sam Howell is going with the football on a regular basis. Now, Howell has been great. He's been better than expected. But what's made it hard to figure out that Washington offense is that he isn't necessarily targeting just one or two guys. It's been Terry McLaurin. Some weeks it's Jahan Dotson. Some weeks it's Curtis Samuel. Uh, the ball is just kind of going all over the place. And so that makes it hard to kind of lock in on one guy. Meanwhile, uh, you know, we know that Amari Cooper is going to get targets. I mentioned him as a guy you can start there in Cleveland. And Romeo Dobbs is getting enough consistent volume that I think it's worth starting there. There's just more, there's more stability, I think, is kind of the thing you're looking at. Because that's all we want in fantasy. We just kind of want to know where the football is going. That's been hard to figure out in Washington. Totally true. Totally true. Marcus, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you guys. Take care. You as well. That is Marcus Grant of NFL Fantasy and Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life. Appreciate him coming on the show today. He is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. one 401 is the text line. Brandon, we had this question come in. I had to ask if it was real life or fantasy. Would you trade Nuge or Bouchard in a trade that had a number one goalie coming our way. I just quickly want to say that Ryan Nugent Hopkins has a no movement clause for the entirety of his contract. That is true. So would he waive it? I don't think so because he would have to go to a situation that would be better than Edmonton. In my opinion, he's not just going to waive it. He's been here for so long. And now that the team, albeit with the start that they had, is as good as it's ever been, and I just don't think he's going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll leave, because it would probably be to a team that he doesn't want to go to, because that team would be sending the number one goalie. So would I trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Yeah. I mean, I've got questions about that contract the last three years when it's a $5 million cap it, and you know it's a little bit further down the road. 
but I don't see it happening. And I, I, for what he brings you right now, I'd, I'd love to have that on my roster. So would I do it? If it's a good enough goalie, yeah, but I just don't see it happening. Bouchard, two-year deal. Do teams want to bring him in with the uncertainty there? Love his offensive upside, but defensively, there's times where he can be a liability. So, yeah, you can say you would do it, but I, I don't know if other teams would. And also, if you're talking about the Oilers, them making this move would be to improve them right now. And if you look at their forward depth and players in their bottom six that are capable of playing in the top six consistently, both in spot duty at center, um, if uh, they're loading up the top line with Leon and Connor or playing on the wing with one of those two guys, is there somebody in the bottom six right now that can realistically replace Nuge? I would say no. Uh, And is there some, like, your defensive depth, who can replace Bouchard's uh, minutes effectively, even if he's not always the most sound defensively? Like, you're, you're making this trade you're probably not getting better, even if you're improving your goaltending. The Oilers are a good enough team. They just need their goaltending to be okay. And Stuart Skinner is starting to look like he's coming around, returning to form that we saw from him uh, that allowed him to finish as a finalist for the Calder Trophy last year. He, he's not a true bona fide number one. I do think the Oilers need help um, in the backup position, uh, whether it's Jack Campbell returning to form or them going out elsewhere. But back to your original point, Connor, about Nuge's no movement clause. This guy is uh, will probably go down as the uh, playing the most games in an Edmonton Oilers sweater, or yep. be very near the top when it's all said and done. He he could have got more money on the free agent market. The, the do not be misled. Um, does is it was it a perfect time to uh, have a career season? Yeah, obviously. But that's uh, that's what you say. You come in on that expiring deal and it's a prove it situation. Um, he signs the length to it for both security and the fact that he wants to be here. Um, playing for one team in a career is so rare now that uh, I think having the opportunity to do that actually does still mean something to players. So uh, the cap it right now for Nuge, you're not going to get his type of production at that money, I don't think, or it's very rare to. So your team's probably worse if making this trade. The Oilers are in a situation where you're training or trading non-current roster players, a.k.a. prospects, and future draft picks to improve your team because you can't afford to give up a legitimate roster piece right now, uh, even if it is a number one goalie coming back. And realistically, what true number one goalies are out there that teams are willing to trade you? So there's a lot of pieces to this question. And assuming we're approaching it from a real-life situation and not your fantasy team, uh, I think it's pretty unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, not too many guys sign the contract, turn 30, and then have a career career year like Nugent Hopkins did. But I just think that if you are, let's just say it's UC Soros with the Nashville Predators. I mean, you'd love, you'd probably love a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But he's also got... Six more years left at $5 million. So when he's 34, 35, is he still going to be worth that? And, the I don't, pre- and does he benefit from playing with McDavid and Dryasad on the power play too? The, the Predators just signed a couple of veteran guys uh, this offseason, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, to kind of change the culture in their room. And I don't think they're necessarily looking to compete for a Stanley Cup right now, but they're in the playoff hunt. Why yeah. would they trade away their number one goalie? It, it doesn't make any sense. And it just goes to the same point of if a team has a goalie that good, they usually don't want to trade them, even if they're not necessarily the you know the top, the cream of the crop of the league. And everybody goes back to Boston with their two goalie situation right now. I, I still not sure that like the Oilers from the position they're dealing right now are going to have to overpay for almost any deal they make, um, even as they improve, because nobody wants to help them out when you have the two best players in the league. So it uh, it would take a pretty unique situation, I think, for the Oilers to acquire a true legitimate number one at this point, and the price being paid. With between roster players, et cetera, I just don't think will be worth it. Yeah. And, you know, you just, 
what it was rumored to be last year, I think, at the deadline for UC Saros, like three firsts and a couple prospects. So you're probably thinking Broberg and maybe Holloway or Borgo. You probably have to send Jack Campbell there to make the money work, which means you're going to have to give them a little bit more to take on that contract. So a couple firsts, it would be a lot. It's going to be a real sticky situation, I think, for Ken Holland to try and go out and acquire a new number one goalie. I just hope Stuart Skinner can find it in him because that's going to make things a whole lot easier. Imitation Tom says, yeah, Campbell and some assets would need to go out, and I don't think we have the assets to acquire anything without getting worse. I mean, who's the best player in Bakersfield right now? I would say it's Raphael Lavoie. And, and, if and he cleared waivers. <laughs> if you're looking at Lavoie, Xavier Borgo, uh, Philip Broberg, these are these are the Oilers' best prospects. But when you grade them out against like a league-wide thing, they're probably B-grade prospects at best. And that's no offense to them, but it's just a fact. The Oilers have not picked very high in a number of years if they've picked in the first round at all. And it, like they're just they don't carry that much weight in terms of trade value. Borgo and Broberg probably having the most because, like you said, Lavoie cleared waivers, so someone could have got him for free if they wanted. Uh, so that doesn't uh, do a lot to instill confidence in his trade value. So yeah, you'd have to take a piece off your active roster, and then, like we already discussed, that makes you worse uh, overall, even if you're improving the goaltending. Now. I mean, yeah, we, we'd love to see it. I will say, uh, last night, Raphael Lavoie, the goal he scored to tie the game, I don't know if you saw it, looked like an NHL shot. I mean, he, he looks like he has it. But when he comes to the Oilers, that top six, it's tough to get into. It's so proven, right? And I know there's people clamoring, like, why not give Lavoie a shot when you're losing games and see what he can do? Well... Uh, we might never know. We'll find out and see what happens uh, quickly. Brandon, you were down at Nate yesterday. Uh, you were with, was it Brandon, Brandon Escott and Brandon LTE? Escott and uh, Lieutenant Eric. Yes. How former, was that? Former coworker. It, it was great. I, I was really, I don't know if honor is the right word, but it's, it's nice to be asked back, especially considering I am still so fresh with the program, but this opportunity that I've uh, had here with sports 1440, they just, just kind of come back and, and individuals in the program currently that are interested in uh, moving into the sports media realm of things, whether on the TV side or radio side. Uh, and yeah, just answer some questions people had, give a little insight into what my journey was like, um, you know, pieces of advice, uh, things like that. So it was great. I mean, between Escott and uh, LTE, they obviously have a lot more years of experience under their belt. But at the same time, uh, me being able to provide a, a fresh perspective with getting into it in kind of the newer age now, starting yeah. where we are now with, uh, of course, so much of our stuff being digital. You can stream us online, the Gregor Show streaming on YouTube. So it's kind of the video aspect too. It, it was kind of a nice uh, three different perspectives of uh, three different iterations of kind of the same job, basically, between myself, Escott, and uh, NLT. So it was great. Uh, big shout-out to Dave Sawchuk, um, one of the instructors there, and, and Chair Pat Galenza for asking me to come speak. It was fun. Uh, nice to be back in the building. I did not stop by the Fresh Express, uh, the cafeteria across <laughs> the road, because uh, I don't have very many fond memories of what I had there. Well, I mean, Nate picked three good ones to go talk, so uh, very cool. And you got a chance to talk to our practicum student who uh, will be unveiling in about a month, give or take. Uh, Lance says, keep Nuge forever. You are not alone in that sentiment. Uh, I think I'm with you. It would be cool to have a guy play for the Oilers his entire career. Imitation Tom says, if you were to send a Lavoie or Borgo, you'd be looking at something like a third or fourth round pick. Just not much value, like you said. And uh, Slurpee Sean says, would you guys drop Mitchell for Brandon Cooks? Eli Mitchell? 
Yeah, maybe send us a text back about what Mitchell you're referring to. Keaton Mitchell. Alan uh, Mitchell. Uh, any of these Mitchells. And maybe we'll uh, we'll touch on that uh, after the break once we get some clarification on what Mitchell to which you refer. For sure. And then Tomato Soup sending us some targets for potential goalies that the Oilers could acquire. Yeah, let us know. I mean, we, we talked about what it might take to get a, a franchise, a number one goalie. Let us know who you have on your goalie wish list as we kind of get towards Christmas. Maybe maybe you got a wish list going here. Be realistic. I mean, there's some guys the Oilers will not be getting, but let us know. one 401 We'll also let you know what's coming up on the Lowdown with Low Tide. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky on Sports 1440. 11.45, it is Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com or Spruce Grove Leduc. Or you could come by West Edmonton Mall, where we're hanging out in the Stingray Studios. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. The text line, one 401 1440 if you want to get in on the conversation. Slurpy Sean clarifying for us, would you drop Keaton Mitchell for Brandon Cooks? Uh, I mean, the Ravens, Keaton Mitchell's a good player, but there's not a guarantee on carries. Brandon Cooks is a good player. It seems like even if he just gets like three receptions, he can easily finish with 60 yards. Yeah, he's kind of, I mean, he's been been very hot the past couple weeks, and I've been a benefactor of that with uh, a lot of injuries to my wide receivers on my dynasty team. Brandon Cooks was a bench player for me for the start of the season and kind of looked to be most of it. But as soon as all of a sudden you see Jefferson, Williams, et cetera, go down. So if you're in a similar spot and, like, it's at the point in the season where there's not much left out on the waiver wire – Brandon Cooks is a really good option coming off the waiver wire, I I would say, depending on the depth of your league. But with that being said, Keaton Mitchell, like he's kind of taken over most of the duties for the Ravens at running back until they get down onto the goal line where <laughs> Gus Edwards scores, except against the Ravens, uh, much to my dismay uh, and my Sunday parlay. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. Can you replace Mitchell? Like, do you have the running back depth that you wouldn't be playing him? Because that's where it always kind of stacks up for me in terms of ad, ad drop. Like, if you're if you're moving out a bench player for another bench player, I say you can kind of go nuts. But if it's like I need a starting wide receiver and Keaton Mitchell's on my bench, even if Mitchell might have higher upside overall, like it's a filling a need type situation. So, uh, without having all the knowledge, I, I would say yes if it fits the uh, the bill here. And now Slurpy Sean saying HN Gibbs Jacobs. Well, Jacob's on by. Devon Chan not for sure playing Keaton's this week. on by, too. Oh, Mitchell also on by this week. Correct. Um, yeah, you'd be a little... I mean, assuming you're only starting two running backs and you've got the flex uh, with wide receivers. So, yeah, if that's the case, like, I, I'd say go for it. Dropping uh, dropping Mitchell. You're kind of on a prayer that Chan plays and is <laughs> is effective and doesn't just play one snap again. But sometimes you got to take some risks. Well, we threw it out there hypothetically if you were to ask... Which goalie would you love to see in the Oilers if they were to make a trade? Just because the question came in earlier, uh, who would you target? Tomato Soup says Elvis, Mers, Leakins, Carter Hart, Swayman. I mean, I'm I'm always in favor of the Oilers acquiring a guy named Elvis. Um, been okay in Columbus, 907 save percentage, bounced back from last year. Last year was the only year he had a save percentage below 900, so that would be an improvement. I, I don't see the Bruins making a move. Like, they, they've they got that tandem there, and it seems to work out for them. And Brandon and I were talking during the break, and he mentioned, you know, they kind of went away from that in the playoffs, and we know how it worked out. So, 
you probably probably don't want to make that move. Carter Hart. Yeah, he's been good this year. I don't know. I was going to look it up, and then my accident closed it. But if you look up Carter Hart's contract and what it would take to bring him in and would Philly make that move, it's an interesting one. Bring him home. But, of course, I mean, it's whoever it is, it's going to be super tough to make that move just with all the contracts and, you know, what you're paying Jack Campbell right now. Uh, coming up on the lowdown with Low Tie today, of course, they will be previewing Oilers and Jets. That's a 6 o'clock start. You can hear from Gene Shorts, Bagged Milk. I think he's dropped the Gene Shorts. That'll be up at 1 o'clock at 1240. Uh, Rachel Dory will join the boys. And then at 1220, they'll go in the community for United Cycle and be joined by Sherwood Park Crusaders head coach, Brennan Menard, the crew having a good year. I think they sold out the Silent Ice Arena a couple days ago when they took down the Spruce Grove Saints 3-2. to So that'll be at 12-20. Then on the Jason Greger Show from 2 till 6, uh, we've got John Liu from TSN Winnipeg, longtime Montrealer, now out in the prairies in Winnipeg, covering the Blue, or not the Blue Bombers. Well, he would cover the Blue Bombers. But today we'll be talking Winnipeg Jets, of course. At 12 or 2.40, Robin Brownlee of Oilers Nation. At 3 o'clock, we'll be joined by our co-host, former NHLer. He's got his podcast, Tales with TR, also starring on Craves Shorzy, currently filming Season 3, Terry Ryan. At 3.20, we'll be joined by all-pro linebacker Sean Merriman. He's also got the Lights Out MMA so we'll talk a little NFL and MMA with Sean Merriman at 3.40. Colin Livingston of Cantork at 4 o'clock. We've got Mike Rupp, NHL Network. He usually joins us on Wednesdays, but he's with the Penguins doing uh, color analyst work for the radio team, and he was actually flying yesterday. So he'll join us today instead of 4 o'clock. We'll also hear Ryan's rant, five questions, Mark Spector, and we'll let you know what's going on with the month of giving because uh, Jason Greger doing it once again starting tomorrow. Uh, we're going to raise a whole lot of money for some really great and needy causes here in the city in the month of December. Uh, holiday hamper, I believe, will be getting tomorrow a pyramid, raising a lot of money. And uh, last year, he raised like $140,000 for charities in this city. Love to see it. it. Warms the heart when we see how generous people get. And uh, obviously, there's some pretty good packages and prizes that can be won in the auction. So Gregor will give you an up-to-date look at what's going on with that. BG says Carter Hart is tied to the Canadian junior team under investigation. I don't think teams want to take the risk in case something comes up. Yeah. BG when we eventually find out about what happened there, hockey Canada just keeps delaying and delaying and delaying. And maybe they think people will forget, but as we learned from the movie, super bad people don't forget. Brett Fett says, how did Campbell do last night? I tweeted out his numbers. I got to bring them up there. Some people took it as an insult. I wasn't trying to insult him. I was literally just presenting the facts of how he did. He In allowed- case people aren't, you know, keeping uh, <laughs> super close tabs on the Bakersfield Condors. Yeah. He- You're just trying to be, be news. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just without any comments. Uh, he, he faced 42 shots, made 39 saves. Got the win. So three goals against in a shootout where I heard he was very good. Uh, Raphael Lavoie had the big goal in the final minute, 30 seconds to tie that one up. And then yeah, Condor's got the win. So his last two games, Jack Campbell has been a lot better. Obviously 
the, the bar was low, but the last couple games, he looks like he's starting to get his groove back. So we'll see what that means long-term, but I am by far not saying he deserves to come back to Edmonton. I think, I think we're a week or two away of good hockey before we even have that conversation. Yeah, I certainly need to see a little uh, more sustained success. It's, I'm I'm glad to see it. I'm I'm a Jack Cannell, Campbell supporter. Um, yes, the contract's not great, and we know that now. But keep in mind, when it was signed, people were doing cartwheels saying Ken Holland got his guy. So I know it's it's sports, and it's a very much what have you done for me lately situation. But I'm uh, I'm rooting for the guy. Uh, how can you not? I mean, his story's great after being a, a high pick, struggling in the minors, and now he's now he's where he is. Um, as an NHL goaltender now playing in the minors. So I'm rooting for him, but we'll need to see more sustained success and good play before it's uh, warranting a recall and getting him back in an NHL net. And just quickly before I move on, Connor, what was the name of the guy from Superbad where it's like people don't forget X because it was about peeing your pants. And yeah, like the, he's Greg. Like, dude, that, Greg, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was in the fourth grade, dude. People don't forget, Greg. <laughs> people don't forget. We've got a few super bad references. Steven Glansberg or whatever, sitting by himself eating lunch. <laughs> Been there. Uh, someone asked about Hertz or Prescott. A fantasy website that I really like is fantasypros.com, and they have Hertz and Prescott ranked as number one and number two. And they also give you matchups. So, like, Tua Tungavailoa is the third-ranked quarterback this week for them. It's a five-star matchup playing the Washington Commanders. Prescott has a two-star matchup, and Jalen Hurts has a one-star matchup. So they, they think even though they're playing good defenses, Prescott against Seattle, Hurts against the Niners, that those two guys are going to put out the most fantasy points this weekend. So if you trust them, they have Jalen Hurts as the number one option. I think Dak's just been so good. He's at home. Seattle's got some nice pieces on the defense, but I think the way Dak is playing, that seems safe to me. It's, I, I think you're probably safe either way. And th- this is on nothing more than an inkling. Maybe it's just um, like a learned uh, a learned habit of what we know of Dak Prescott from seasons past that as soon as the Cowboys, everyone like is kind of like, holy crap, no one's really paying attention to the Cowboys there for real. It seems like they're due for a letdown spot. And this Thursday night game seems prime for it because no pun intended it being played on Amazon uh, and a Thursday night football game. We haven't seen very many good ones. So uh, and not very many high scoring ones, which is kind of the Cowboys bread and butter combined with their their very stout defense and ability to score points on defense uh, with five pick sixes. So I'll say Hurts just because I, I think like we talked about it with uh, with Marcus. Jalen Hurts probably the only quarterback uh, that is you're not starting anybody above right now, and I don't think Dak, Dak Prescott is um, you know exempt from that. I I think he's a great player and is probably going to have a good week, but there's just this little inkling in the back of my mind that says he might be uh, due for a couple interceptions and maybe not his best performance. He could be, but that Niners defense is so dang good. So uh, that will be an interesting one. Two great options, a uh, tough week. So and some breaking news if you're a college football fan, uh, Oregon State quarterback DJ. Uh, you Galele, formerly of Clemson, Trevor Lawrence's old backup. Sorry if I butchered that. I, th- I know I did. He will uh, be transferring, so he might be going to a, a new school. He might go to the NFL draft, which I think would be a big mistake. Uh, we shall see. Maybe Declan Kruger can fill you in a little bit more on that one. And on the lowdown with low tide, that'll do it for us, though. For Brandon Douglas, I'm Connor Halley. Thank you guys so much for listening in and tuning in and texting in, all that sort of thing. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Right now, though, let's get to an update brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhockBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.